Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joined tonight by the one and only Cody Del Mendo. We're talking not only about a Cubs winner, we're talking about Justin Seals' first win as a starting pitcher. We're talking about an Albert Alzelay four-inning save. We're talking about Frank Schwindel continuing the legend. <laughs> and we got more for you guys because Cody has a week worth of thoughts in his head from being in California. But before we get started, again, Ron Luce, Cody Delmetto. Cody, first off, how you doing tonight, buddy? Cubs win. Like, we're in a good mood tonight. This is good. Yeah, man. Like, when, is, when is the last time you and I actually talked about a Cubs win? It's Dude, been a while. It's been a while. No, it's been a while. I want to say we had a game. The last time I, d- I did a game, I want to say it was like right after they got swept by the Royals. <laughs> so like, I think you're right. I think yeah, that's the last right. one I can remember. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't remember no. last time me and you talked about a game in which they won. The only ones like, it was almost like they were getting repetitive where we just talk about the future and talk about how bad they are. And then maybe touch on Baez, Rizzo or Bryant. And if they hit a homer that day or some shit, but like, I did the last one before I went to California was me and uh, Joey Ricotta, and I believe it was a W against the Rockies, I want to say. And like all I said, all I asked for was just, you know, like just stuff like what we saw tonight, man. Like, you know, we got a nice, really like probably Justin Steele's best pitching performance. Wish he could have maybe gone six, but, you know, uh, I'll take five innings. That's more than four because I think he was consistently going four innings in like every start. Yep. But they let his pitch count go up a little bit more tonight as well. I think mm-hmm. he finished with like 86 pitches. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, you know, you get that. You mentioned Alzale coming off the IL. Um, I assumed at first he was only coming in as a bullpen arm because he didn't get any rehab appearances in AAA. I think I could be wrong on that. Um I think he had at least one, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like really? it wasn't like he was going for like two weeks or anything though. Like it okay. was very recent. It was I wasn't recent. sure. I could, that's the only thing I could have came up with, with the fact that they brought him out of the bullpen. I mean, he was great. You know, maybe it's because the the bullpen was taxed anyway, and it's just like, well, you need to get this guy some work. And yeah. I don't care if it is the Twins, man. You know, uh, a beer garden Jim. He's in the stream right now. He's a Sox fan. He's had to hear it all year about how the White Sox haven't played anyone all year. I don't care if the Cubs suck and they're playing a team that sucks too. A win is a win, and you get an experience for a guy like Justin Steele, who's who is or isn't going to be in this in the rotation next year. I don't know, but I right now I think he's probably your number four starter, uh, pending free agency. You know, like he he looked great. He looked great. Like I, um, you know, he what he allowed like one hit. And, uh, you know, single hit all night. I know he struggled with the, with getting the swing and miss, but you know, he forced uh, a lot of ground outs and he got outs. I mean, at the end of the day, like if you're going to get outs, that's all I care about. Um, especially at this point, like if we're going to get into the nitty gritty of like really analyzing a pitcher and if they're good or not, Mm -hmm. like, okay. But like for a guy like Justin Steele right now, he's still trying to figure out if he's going to be a serviceable starting pitcher and sure. even after the night, we still don't really know it was his yeah. best start, no doubt. But if he has a bad start, the next one, then you're just back at square one. You're just like, eh, well, number four starter at best, you know, like, sure. I don't know. You know what I mean? So you just gotta like, 
like take a breath and just like appreciate like okay we took some steps tonight frank schwindel the fucking legend himself fucking hits a homer you know patrick wisdom almost he should have had a homer he should have had two he, homers again tonight he should have he should have um, the second one unfortunately hit the dead center um and the first one just happened to stay uh what on the warning track or whatever? yeah a little little wtp from uh yeah, yeah. From patty wise yeah um, but yeah i mean i don't know i mean offense when you get three run homers, you don't need a lot of offense. You know what I mean? Um, and plus the guy that went for the twins, you know, he, he wasn't bad. He gave up that three run shot to Schwindel and then he, uh, you know, he, he made up for his major league debut. He was, he was pretty good. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the twins plan to use him next year. But I mean, overall, man, it was just a, a really good night to just like, like, I'm just glad we're not sitting here bitching about like, just sucking and glad we didn't have to come on here and start the show early and then have everyone make fun of us like they did over the weekend <laughs> with the White Sox. I feel I'll never forget, never forgive. I'm going to remember that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like it's it's just nice. I don't again, I don't care if it's the twins. The Cubs yeah. suck, too. The Cubs suck, too, man. And I I tweeted it last night and people like there, there was a guy at work who, who mentioned it to me today. He's like. You know, there's no way the Cubs are going to go 500. Even uh, Joe Maris on last night's pod, uh, mm. he he read he read my tweet on on the show, and they both him and Joey both kind of laughed about it. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to happen. But if you look at the schedule, the Cubs don't play a lot of hard teams. They play since they play a series with Cincinnati, they play a series with Pittsburgh, and they got a bunch of like just average teams. The Cardinals, it doesn't even matter if the Cubs are good. They yeah. always play well or play up to par against the Cardinals. Right. So I like I'm looking for the Cubs to play big spoiler in September, man. And if that yeah. means going 500, cool. If it means just like ruining the Cardinals' playoff chances, great. Like I don't even care. better. Yeah. You know what even I mean? Better. Like yeah. it's a game like tonight was just one of those like there are pieces here. People who think that it's going to take three, four, five years or whatever for this team to get back to. It being competitive and mm-hmm. being like in the division race, mm-hmm. they, they just have not paid attention to what the Cubs have, not only in the farm, but just like even on the roster now. I mean, I just, I don't understand why they would think that again, this is all free agency pending, but still like they're they're Despite all the bad games, the ones that have been good, you're just kind of like, all right, well, we have some pieces here, right? Now we just got to like, figure out who we want to keep around what we and like who we want to like you know build around and and stuff like that and i don't think any player on the roster right now is a t- is someone you want to build around except maybe patrick wisdom maybe now obviously kyle hendricks and wilson Contreras can, are here but right. you know i'm talking a lot so i'm i'm trying i'm just i'm tired i'm, I'm sorry for uh holding you back but these are just You're my good, thoughts man. on just tonight's game and everything i'm just like it was just nice. It was just nice. <laughs> it was nice. And no, and you're 100% right, though. You got a week. Remember, you got a week worth of thoughts and opinions to catch up on. But first, before we keep going, uh, I will add that to the to the hat. Fly it's it, not baby. straight. But we'll fly it. A W is a yeah, W. Yeah. I don't care. W's like you said, I don't care if it's against the Twins. We took a series sweep against the Twins. I don't care if it's two games. Anything matters at this point in the season. And you know what? You're 100% correct. This team, I said it the other night. Uh, on, on another show here at Cubs on Tap. This team reminds me a lot of the 2014 Cubs, of the essence of, like, there's the pieces. Like, you can see the guys that are going to make an impact on, like, the next great Cubs team. They might not be the stars of the team, 
but they're going to be there and they're going to make that impact, right? Like I could totally see a Patrick Wisdom being a part of that, even if he is like a fourth infielder. I mean, fuck, the dude's already shown he can hit for 30 home runs and he doesn't even need 400 at-bats. Like that was yeah. the big storyline coming in, right? We we, we talked, uh, you know, with Scott from Iowa, loyal listener of the show, and he was always like, hey, manager down here says you give Patty Wise 400 at-bats, going to hit 30 home runs. He doesn't need 400 fucking at-bats because he's probably going to do it in less than 300 at-bats at yeah. the pace he's going. You know what I mean? Like, he just hits know, the ball he, over the ballpark. He hits it right. hard. Like, he's a guy. I say it. Yeah, he's a guy that like people are like, okay, we could see it. Schwindel, holy mm-hmm. shit! Like his bat's been unbelievable the whole year. Rivas is giving us something to get excited about. He's an on base machine. Like yep. they are guys here that again, even if they're not the stars, they don't need to be the stars. Like they can still be just the role guys. And you feel it, like you said, free agency pending, promotion pending, and I say that mostly for like a guy like Brennan Davis, but like. The pieces are there. Like they have some pieces again to be at least exciting next year and at least competitive. They don't have to be NL Central winners and World Series aspirations. As long as they're in the mix for the NL Central title in 2022, I think for a lot of Cubs fans, that's a victory. Like, it, yeah, you know what it I mean. Should and, be that would yeah. should like, and I say it should be because for so long. Before 16, fans just wanted to make the playoffs. We'd just be happy to right. make the playoffs. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that we should lower our expectations and like and have a with the lovable losers mentality. I don't think wanting to win a division every year is a lovable loser mentality. That's that's just yeah. like that's the base level of expectation because it's so hard to win the World Series unless you're the fucking giants of the last decade. You know what I mean? So facts. And, and I guess the Dodgers too, but and it, even then they it, only won what one. Yeah. And, and they look in line to possibly win another. And there's probably more down the line too. If you look at the roster all on paper, of course, mm-hmm. but, but you could have said that even years prior too. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, but that proves also that just how hard it is. It doesn't matter who's on your roster. If you, I mean, you just putting a winning team out there will at least give you the chance. And mm-hmm. you said 2014 right now at this point, I still feel like this team looks more like 2013 uh, with, you know, Fair. like before, if we're going to use that era as an example, you know, it was before Javi Baez came up, obviously before Chris Bryant, you only had Anthony Rizzo and you had Starling Castro right now. If I look at this team, I mean, I guess Patrick wisdom is your, is your one of those two representative type guys. And, I just I, I, I feel like he's what, your Starlin Castro in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And and then like Schwindel, like I know he's hitting. I know he is, but he's also 29 and he also, mm-hmm. you know, was hitting like 150 with Oakland before coming to the Cubs. Like right. I'm just waiting for him to have that free fall. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to believe that. Like if he hits well in September too, he's definitely earning him spot on the roster next year too. But mm-hmm. I just don't think the Cubs should roll into 2023 or 2022 with him as their starting first baseman at this point. Now sure. him and Rivas as a platoon, I guess per- perhaps, but that's also still a lot of questions because you don't know what you're in yeah, Rivas either. I mean, he's, he doesn't even have 50 play appearances yet. Right. So you don't really sure. know. Like there's just a lot of question with those two. And I guess that's okay going into a year like next year, but I'd also rather just have Anthony Rizzo and then, you know, roll with one of those guys. And, you know, he, like if they can play another position as well, 
that maybe that is more beneficial. Again, that's me hold, holding out hope for Rizzo. I mean, he still hasn't changed his Instagram or Twitter profile pictures yet, man. And he posted some on his Instagram story today. So he's he's on it, and he just yeah. hasn't changed anything. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm just leaving that hope out. I think all Cubs fans should still leave the hope out. Don't get too up for the letdown, but I'm just saying that it's a possibility. I think he's the one who's most likely the one who could come back, the one yeah. that I would ideally rather come back than Javi Baez, which I'm sure we'll talk about eventually. But, well. um, you know, so, yeah, I, I get – again, and this is this is like pending for agency, of course, you know. You know, maybe I'll get I'll feel like, all right, this is more of a 2014 season after free agency, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. There's a lot of things still that need to develop with this team. But I saw a tweet earlier tonight. I guess the Cubs in their like last 30 games, they're nine and 21. And then in the previous 30 games before that, they were also nine and 21. Hmm. So if you think about it. They really haven't been much different. Yeah, with like literally a completely line. different roster. Yeah, right. Like they really haven't. And I, that kind of goes back to proving the point that it was probably the right choice to trade mm -hmm. those three guys. I still think they should have kept Rizzo out of the three if, if they were go if they're absolutely going to sell. I still think keeping Rizzo would have at least been good for potentially keeping him around because I think it, it's now less likely that he comes back, but agreed again, money talks. So we'll see. I know sure. he's, he's, he's playing he, on it. Like he, he started hot with the Yankees, but he's, he's come back down to earth. Chris Bryant's the only one who's still playing up to what he was with the Cubs. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't surprise me a bit, but mm -hmm. you know, all I'm saying is, is you, you have a lot of different guys here and, I still just don't really know what the Cubs should do. I just the only thing I got is Patrick Wisdom should be here, and you know then you get moved to the pitching. There's obviously Justin Steele was awesome, and he's making he's making a bigger case than Keegan Thompson at this point for getting that number four starter. I think the Cubs need to get two free agent pitchers, um, and then have Alec Mills be their number five, and then you're and then you're good. I, I and then you know Keegan Thompson was great in the bullpen. Maybe he's just a good bullpen guy, man. Like shit. Yeah. I can't be mad about that in the today's no. age. Um, but still, there's still time for Keegan Thompson to, to rebound. He just wasn't good against the White Sox. And even the start before that, he was kind of shaky. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But also, Justin Steele just sounds like a fucking bomb-ass pitcher's name, man. Like, just seeing Steele on the back of the jersey. Cool, cool and tough as Steele. Cool and tough as steel, baby. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Print them right now. Sell them on ontapsportsnet.com. And credit me, damn it. Um <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just I, I can't I can't get enough of Justin still, even in some of the starts that he hasn't been like that. He hasn't gone deep. I mean, a lot of it is just because of pitch count. But tonight, Rossi let him go five, 86, still 86 pitches. Maybe he maybe, you know, he might have been able to go six, I guess, if uh, he would have thrown back out there. But he wanted to get him out there, get him out of there with clean five. You know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Even yeah. if the Cubs were competitive, I would have taken that, you know? Oh, hell yeah. He's just showing everything, I think. I, you know, I know a lot of people are still questioning the the lack of swing and miss, but I just think that comes with learning. And uh oh, for sure. He just can't throw I I wish like there we've seen times where he's going up there on the mound mm -hmm. and pumping 98 as a starter. So 
I, I don't know what it is. I, again, I just think that's more of a learning curve and figuring out how he wants to go at batters the first time through the order mm-hmm. and then the second time. And, you know, I, I mean, that's every pitcher's thing, right? Right. Um, just like the guy for the Twins tonight. He did really well in the first time through the Cubs order. And then even those Cubs hitters, those are major league hitters. They realized that he was doing the same stuff to them in the second time. And that's mm-hmm. why Frank Schwindel hit that homer because – the pitcher didn't try to do something different the second time through the order, and those major league hitters adjusted quickly. That I mean, that that kind of shows just how good those players are for the Cubs, even if even though they're bad. It just how, shows how good a major league pitcher or a major league hitter is compared to a Triple A guy. So, oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, and 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 going back to what you said about Steele, like I, I got to listen to a little bit of the Cubs post game show on Marquee tonight. And Ross in his post-game interview said, he was like, Justin looked really good tonight, but the biggest difference tonight versus every other night was his two-seam and his four-seam fastball truly looked different. Like they didn't blend. You couldn't like mistake one for the other. Like there was the good movement on the two and then he was able to hammer the four. And I think that's going to be a big key for him because we already know this, the wipeout stuff he has. We've seen the slider. We've seen the curveball. He's got a solid changeup. We've seen all that. The key, I think, for him is truly going to be, can you mix those two pitches? Can you get your two-seam to truly act like a two-seam and fade away from you know your the right-handed hitters? And can you pump that four-seam like what a true four-seam should be? And I think he had that tonight, and I think that was a credit to it. Sure, he only had three Ks in five innings. He, he walked three in five innings, but he only allowed one hit the whole game and no runs. Like, he looked good. He, and again, this is only what his third major league start. Like he finally yeah. got a W and he has so much potential. Like he doesn't scare me. And I think tonight truly was, you know, bef- before we talk strictly pitching, like we talk about the guys like Frank Schwindel, who's been killing it. And we talk about all these other guys, wisdom and so on and so forth. And we look at the future and I still manifest Nicholas Castellanos back in the Cubs uniform myself, but like on the pitching side, you know, tonight was a perfect example of like what the future can be because you have Steele go five, very solid five. And then Adbert Alzale comes in fresh off the IL and pitches a four inning save. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that is insane. But again, but that just shows the amount of talent. Like you said, like it just yeah. shows the amount of talent that this pitching staff could have going forward just, in the future. It just takes longer for pitchers and that's why mm-hmm. that's why I never got mad at the Cubs front office for drafting heavy position players and then buying pitchers because cuz position guys they, come up quicker. You're right. Yeah. And they and they succeed faster than mm-hmm. pitchers unless you unless unless you just are one of you, you are one of the greatest pitchers of all I mean Jacob deGrom was was great the moment he came to the, to the show right like and other guys Shohei Otani you know like like there's there's just some guys who are different but majority of just pitchers in general like they they're going to take time they need uh innings to pitch and to develop and to figure out how they want to go at batters and figure out what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, like fuck Albert Alzale going four innings to get a save. And I mean, I don't, I still don't know why they brought him out of the bullpen out other than the fact that the bullpen was taxed, I guess, but shit. I mean, 
I think it also adds another dynamic to them as well. If I mean, if that's a if that's a thing, I mean, I still think next year you're, you know, at worst he's your three starter. Again, I still would like to have two uh, free agent starters. One being a high end uh, free agent one, and then the other being you know more of like a innings eater type guy, kind of like what they had hoped Zach Davies would have been this year. Um, but you know. I, I don't want Zach Davies back. I'm just saying someone like him, like that's supposed to come in and eat that, it. That concept mm-hmm. of that type of pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally Which understand Jackson where you go still with could be, but there's just a lot more risk with that rather than going getting a proven guy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I think uh, Joey has a good comment here. He says uh, it's a innings limit. I think they're going to keep him out there the rest of the way this year. I'm assuming he's yeah. talking about Alzale, yeah, or Alzale, yeah. Al- yeah. And and Dope Dope Redbeer also chimed in and said a very similar thing earlier. He said they were talking, and they did talk about it on the broadcast about like wanting to limit his innings. Mm-hmm. Ironically, he goes four out of the pen tonight, which again, pitch count wise, though he was good. Like I I don't even mm-hmm. think he. Actually, I'll, I'll I'll give the exact stat. The right very now. first inning, he came out. He literally, I don't even think he threw ten pitches the first inning that he was out there. I was going to say so. he only threw forty pitches the whole night. He threw thirty of his forty pitches for strikes. That's like that's you love to see. That's how good Elsley was. Now and again, but like, yes, hold on. I need to share this one because you were just talking about guys to go mm-hmm. get. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Aaron. Yes. Let's go get Marcus Stroman. Cause I agree with that. I want Marcus. I absolutely love Marcus Stroman and he would be perfect for this cup scene. But like you said, like if you at worst case scenario, Justin Steele's your four, Mills is your five, Keegan's coming out of the pen. Maybe you fit Alzale, maybe as a five, like maybe like halfway through the year, especially if he thrives in the bullpen. And you go get like two proven guys. You go get like a Marcus Stroman, and then like you said, you go get an innings eater. Like, this team in 2022 can absolutely compete. And, like, I know, again, every person that's not a Cubs fan is going to be like, oh, you're high, You're it's 2025, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, see, but it's just the – it's the, somebody said it. It might have actually have been Joe today, Joe Maris mm. on Twitter. The, I call it the out-of-town ignorance of, <laughs> like, you don't watch the team enough to truly understand what's here. So unless mm. you truly have a valid opinion on it, just shut the fuck up and move on. Because yeah, it's like the, the people who say that they're just being trolls, honestly. Sure, of course. Unless, like, of course. Again, neither of us are saying the Cubs are going to be World Series contenders. No. We just think that if they just make certain moves, they could definitely be in the division race. Yeah, yeah Milwaukee's having an insane season this year. You think they're going right. to do that next year with the Hell history no. of that franchise? No, no, because they don't buy anyone. Nope. And Christian Yelich's contract is going to freaking kick in next year. And he has not lived up to any of it. Sorry, mm-hmm. no one wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about Jason Hayward and how much he's a, a $22 million trash can. No one's talking about Christian Yelich and just how bad he's been since he signed that contract extension. No one. Nobody. But, you know, whatever. You know, I, I like that's just one thing. Like, yeah. they're not, they're eventually, I, I, they have, they probably will still be very good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Woodruff and and uh, and Burns and Peralta are no joke, no doubt. But I just I can't see them putting that type of season up like they have this year consecutively. I just don't see it. Um, just based off, you just have they don't have a big enough body of work to prove that they could do it. 
next year is just to prove that hey, we're we're not just one year wonders. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's a long, long, a long time away from getting to really figuring out. But I mean that yeah. Milwaukee, they just like they just. I don't know how they managed to be this good. Like I thought they'd be good, but I don't know how they managed to be this good, but it all started with starting pitching. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Cubs need to do is they need to get their starting pitching back to where it's at least respectable and yeah. then and then go from there. Like that's yeah. like that's the start. And that's how they did it in 15 when they signed John Lester. Um, you know, Jason Hamill was really good innings eater, mm-hmm. you know. You know. So Jason, that's the type of dude, like you said, for that innings eater role that now I'm thinking about it, like a Jason Hamill S pitcher. Because again, he wasn't flashy, he wasn't unreal, but he just got the job done. Like he gave yeah. you a good six, seven innings out of the out of the starting rotation. He'll he'll K six to eight guys a night. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll give up maybe two or I three remember, runs, but like he keeps you in ball games. Right. I remember in 16, like he was with like the number five starter in the yeah. rotation in, in yeah. 16. And then, like, there were times where he just like pitched his ass off and had yeah. like he'd go seven, eight innings, and people start talking it's like, "Oh, is he going to have a chance in the postseason?" And he never—I don't think he pitched one inning in the postseason. I don't, I don't think 16. he did either. I don't think. But he did if he—he if he would have been on any other team, he would have pitched in that postseason because he was—he oh, was, was solid. He yeah, was solid. 100%. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing is like I, I actually joke with people for anybody that ever asked me they're like what's what's like of you going to games, what do you remember most about that 2016 season? And I say, well, I'll tell you what. I went to about seven games that year, probably eight, eight games that year. I shit you not, Hamill pitched four of the fucking seven or eight games that I went to. So I saw a lot of Jason Hamill that year. And I'll tell you what, he again, he like you said, he was just consistent. He was good. Like he gave you what you needed, especially out of a number five starter on a contending team like right. the Cubs were that season. And if that's what you can get in this free agent market, even if he's your three or four in your rotation, like again, you get that respectable, like you said, that respectable rotation again. Like you get that with Kyle Hendricks, you get that with Justin Steele, you get that with a guy like a Marcus Stroman. You find that eggs eater, and then you got have a guy like Mills as your fifth. I again. Shameless plug. We're going to pump the shit out of everybody's articles tonight. Joe Maris wrote a great article a couple weeks ago about consistency and about Alec Mills and how every team needs an Alec Mills. Yeah. Yeah. If he's your five starter for the Cubs, absolutely. You're in good shape. You're in real good shape. And all of a sudden, this this rotation looks respectable again. You got Frank Schwindel hitting bombs. The 2022 DH is going to do us good because like Joe Breadbeard, when we were talking about Rivas versus Schwindel, if you can DH one of those guys, even if they come off the bench, maybe every other day, yeah. that's great. Cool. Awesome. Right. Especially again, especially if Rivas has the bat that everybody is hyping up that from his time in AAA, which again, I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball. Well, sure. He's not always getting on base, but like he's hitting the ball. Well, I mean, right. and he's only 24 years old. Like he's super young still. And I think a lot of people forget yeah. that. And like, I, I didn't, didn't even realize that. Yeah. Admittedly, because like mm-hmm. Joe and I did the episode on Sunday when he debuted, and I'm like, wow, this Rivas kid, he's really good. What is he like, 27, 28? And Joe's like, no, you dumb son of a bitch, he's 24. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I had no idea it was part right. of the Tony, the Tony Kemp trade. I had no idea until I, this. I morning. didn't either. Uh, you know, <laughs> again, and again, I'm gonna give kudos where kudos is due. 
who who reminded me of that, but Joe Maris. So mm-hmm. our little encyclopedia that we got here comes on yeah, tap is Joe Maris. But like that's the thing is like you can absolutely get back there, right? And then you even add with the bats, right? Like sure, maybe you're in a weird transition year where you add one or two bats to this lineup and it's a lot of the same guys. But again, like Patrick Wisdom's hitting, Schwindel's hitting, Rivas mm-hmm. is hitting. Like a lot of these guys are fucking hitting the ball like matt duffy's hitting you know what i mean nico horner's gonna be healthy next year nick madrigal's gonna be healthy next year oh do we forget about him like we got cody hoyer in the book again and honestly like going back to last night's game not to take away from from joe and joey um who did a great job on the post game if you haven't listened to it highly recommend you go and listen to it but <laughs> like I think the cubs are starting to find their back three of the bullpen now for this next run and that's rowan wick Cody Hoyer and Manny Rodriguez. Like, yeah, the I pieces agree. are there again. And that ties back to exactly what you said at the top of the show. Like the pieces are there. This Cubs team can get there. And again, I think tonight's win is just a, like, it's the little tease of that, right? Like, cause you see the glimpses, you see these guys do well. Uh, again, the pitching alone tonight was worth getting excited about. I mean, shit, yeah. you only had to go two guys for nine innings. Alzale was absolutely fucking electric. And so was Steele again. Final final stat lines for both of those guys. Steele gets the win. He's now three and two on the year. Five innings, one hit, no runs, three walks, three Ks. Great. Edbert Alzleich was four innings with one hit, clean sheet the rest of the way with five Ks, and gets mm. the save the first of his career. Eleventh different guy to get a save for the Cubs this year. I heard that on the post game show today too. I thought that was a fun stat. But like, holy shit, that's exciting. And yeah, and. Dope Redbeard here in the comments. Uh, again, a guy that huge friend of the show, uh, Mr. Brad Wick, is also yep. coming back to the bullpen next year. Like, they have the pieces. This pitching staff is not going to be just some gong show. Like, yeah. Jed Jed and Dan Kashovitz damn well know, like, we need to fix the pitching in order to be competitive. And I know you and I have had this conversation before too, Cody, of like, kind of the reverse of the first rebuild, right? Of like, where, like you said, they drafted really heavy position players and went and bought pitching right. it almost feels like they've had a couple of years now to develop that pitching with the pitching lab and everything and like maybe they develop pitching and go by hitting mm-hmm. it, like can you imagine that because i feel like pitching almost costs more to teams than hitting does because like you said hitting is so much easier to develop than pitching is so if you can yeah. find a niche in developing pitching well you know who knows right i'll 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 just close this little part out with Nick Castellanos, Marcus mm. Stroman, mm. and John Gray. Mm. Cody, that's that's music to my ears. Music <laughs> to my ears. I the John Gray thing kind of gives me Tyler Chatwood PTSD, honestly, but he's also yes. a guy who was a number one for the Rockies for a, a, a long time. He was. Um also the number high three draft pick. pick. Yeah, high yeah. draft pick. I think he could, you know, in a in a role like just eat innings, I feel like he could be solid. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, baseball is baseball. You never know. But, you, you know, and, know, and I get Tyler Chatwood PTSD because everyone was like, oh, Chatwood should be so much better with the Cubs because he's out of course. Away from and he, course. <laughs> and, and, he, and he had decent numbers in Colorado, you know. And right. then he came to the Cubs and was leading the world and walk rate you know like he yeah, was a I, big thumbs down Cody. big thumbs down there was a little so many foreshadowing times, here there were so many times that i was trying to get up for him but yeah oh yeah, yeah. good good foreshadowing because i'm yeah. ready i can we can we please talk about hobby i think yes yeah, so i was gonna say let's transition because again 
a great win tonight, and this is going to be kind of the little like filler discussion mm-hmm. between previewing tomorrow's game. New series against Pittsburgh, four-game series at Wrigley Field. It's a night game. Don't know what the postgame is going to look like yet. We'll keep you updated for those that are listening. Yeah. But nonetheless, just to close it out, again, huge start by Steele. Great look by Alzale. The legend of Frank Schwindel continues. Great things from the Cubs tonight. Big, 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 big 3 nothing win. And sweep of the Twins. Awesome. Yeah. Great. I don't give a fuck that it was two games, and I don't give a fuck it's the Twins. They swept. But let's talk about the big old thumbs down. Thumbs because down. Big old thumbs down. Did you – hold on. Before we do get into this, did you see the fucking asshole in the stands today with the thumbs down sign, yeah. but he couldn't hold it right, so it was sideways? Like <laughs> I did not see that. You no. didn't see that? No, Go not. find that on Twitter, dude. I You'll did laugh, see a guy – I did see a guy – hysterically. I saw a guy holding a sign that said uh, – I wasn't booing. I was oh, booing. Boo- 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 yeah, something like that. I, I saw like, that one These too. Mets fans. Okay. Sound so, off, baby. I know you. All it's right. Pent up. You is, got it. If you saw my tweet quickly, earlier today. Go quickly, ahead. before you say Cody's tweet. Also, uh, go check out Cody's article at www.ontapsportsnet.com. Talking about this exact argument before we get going. Oh, Cody, continue the floor. Okay, so I sent out a tweet like when I was in California, I'm pretty sure I was like, you know, 10 glasses of wine in. I had a lot of wine out there in Napa Love Valley. That. And uh, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but like I saw the co- I, I just listened to the the comments Javi Bias said about, you know, the thumbs down thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is this. It, and I my tweet was just saying that, like, you know, I understand from a sense of why he might say that because no one likes getting booed. But there is so much of Cubs Twitter that's just defending this guy, saying that he didn't do anything wrong here. And that's just not the that's just not true. Like what he did, if like I don't I don't blame the Mets president or whatever for releasing the statement. What I do blame the Mets president is just saying what he said, the way he said it, he probably could have gone about it a different way, but I don't blame him for putting a statement out because he's got a freaking save face for the fans. And he had to choose the fan side because they're the ones paying them, paying them the money getting for them to pay the players. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. So again, like a lot of people thought that I was just like rah, rah, rahing the, you know, for the fans and being like, we can say whatever we want at the, at the, in the game, at the games and stuff. That's not what I'm saying. Like I've, I've heard some really shitty things at Wrigley field from Cubs fans and just any fans in general of like drunk, just being drunk idiots and just saying some of the dumbest shit at players. You're right. Right. I'm, I'm definitely not supporting, you know, booing players or whatever, even though I won't lie. I have, booed some guys sometimes only because i was drunk or whatever but it was never it was never like a serious thing it would be like one or two seconds and it's just like laugh about it afterwards it's not like the players actually heard me but i the whole thing with that entire situation would the the main thing that made me mad was just how many people on cubs twitter are just supporting Javi Baez no matter what over it. And I don't understand it. Obvious shirt. I I love Joe Johnson. Love him. He's a great guy. I love obvious shirts, but just like making the shirt and to basically just throw away the idea of, okay, there was that, that Javi didn't do anything 
wrong here. Like with the eye thumb or thumbs down New York, whatever. Like I, I understand he's doing what he's doing because he's, you know, it makes money. I get it in a sense, but also like the way he, the way his tweets from his account were coming off about it was just like, you did like, I just feel like he was just supporting hobby buys no matter what, no matter what he said. And a lot of that is like, there were a lot of people who were doing that from his sense. I get it because he just helps himself shirts. But from like just regular fan perspective, I'm just like, I'm a homer too. Like it's hard for me to not be optimistic about the Cubs. And it's hard for me to not support Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo and, and Javi Baez. But I think like, like if, if, if Javi would have said what he said and he was playing for the Cubs, do you like, would we like, what, what, what have we, what would have we thought? You know right. what I mean? We would have thought would, the same thing the Mets fans are thinking right now too. Right. We'd be like, what do you mean with the fuck? Like, why are and you again, mad at us? Again, right. again, Cubs fans never booed those guys. There were some games that they booed, but it wasn't particular. Players. But it wasn't it was just. But it wasn't New York Mets booze. And it let's wasn't. Be honest, yeah. Because let's be honest, Joey Ricotta maybe comment of the night. Mets fans do suck. Anyway, continue. They do. again. There are there, the Mets. Fans, there's plenty of fault with them because, yeah, there were times where, I mean, I read tweets where it said that Mets fans were just booing to boo because the Mets were in a free fall and they're not playing well. So no matter what, every time something bad happened, they would just boo. So I, I in a sense, I get like where Hobby's coming from from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I just like, like I said in the article, man, I just think it's bad timing, and it doesn't even all have to do with just like his contract situation. It just has to do with just like you're creating a distraction. In the like within not only the clubhouse but now the entire franchise, forcing your team president to like pick a side, like I just I don't understand why people were just standing Javi Baez no matter what in that situation. I really don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah. And I like I've shut up about it because I'm tired of getting ratioed by a bunch of random ass people. But like it doesn't like I, again I'm not sitting here saying that you know. We like. I'm not sitting here saying that we like that. That Javi is you know all wrong, and the Mets fans didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that there's two sides to both to the story, and I just think that his timing on this entire situation was just a tough scene. <laughs> so. Yeah, it really was, and and you know what? Like I I refrain from from any thought about this because again I, I can see it from both ways, right? Like. Again, I also have a very certain opinion of New York in general, right? Like their fan base, the city. I hate that fact that smells like fucking trash all year long. (laughs) Again, it is what it is. But nonetheless, like you can see it from both sides, right? Like you said, like, yeah, of course you never want to get booed. Like as a player, like it's not – that doesn't do any favors to the players. Like, oh, I'm being booed. I'm going to play better. It's like, no, that's not how that works. But at the same time, like – you create yourself as a public enemy, number one, almost, right? And, the, and exactly what jo- Joey says here in the comments, bad timing. The wording of the comments made it even worse. Absolutely. Again, sure. because you, he made it, and and that was the article that I wrote, which was just the very newsworthy one. You gave a great opinion version of it, which I'm glad. Hey, dream teamwork makes the dream work. But, <laughs> like, of it it really became like the Mets players versus the fans. Like, and that's how it felt at least from a third party, you know, outside standpoint of like, 
hey, you know, we don't like this. And it's like, well, you guys suck right now. Like, you guys are seven and a half back. You were in first place for most of the season, and you've fallen. Exactly. Like, you know, and, and again, like you said, too, like, it's not like Javi's hit either. I mean, he's his slash line's worse than it was in Chicago, unfortunately. I think it's, what, four leads home runs? Baseball, leads baseball and strikeout rate. Yeah, so, like, again, like, I think that's what hurt, too. And I know you said it in your article, too. Like, if Pete Alonso comes out and says that, the narrative's probably a little different. Like, cause oh, again, yeah. it's the, Pete the Alonso. York, the, yeah. And the New York media would have been a lot nicer to him Absolutely. because he's been there and he's produced. Right. And Javi Baez is at Brand that time. New, when he, yeah. Like, I don't even know if he'd been there a month yet. Like, I don't think like Are the you, head, like that headline, New York daily news, like back page or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's just New York media. And like all of Cubs yeah. Twitter that was reacting to that saying like, this was just too much was like, well, this is New York media. This is what they've been doing for years. To right. just put down players and some players embrace it and, you know, are able to hang around there for 10, 20 years and be, you know, be legendary and others haven't. I'm not saying a hobby buys isn't going to be that guy, but he's really not off to a great start there because now like he created this distraction, not only with, you know, making it the team against the fans and then, you know, putting him put forcing the situation with their front office. Like I, I, Again, I know the front office, like they could have said some things a lot different, no doubt. Uh, but they also wouldn't have had to say anything at all if Javi just didn't say what he said. So, yeah. you know, I I just think that when you're winning, you can you can say whatever you can't say whatever you want, but you can say a lot of things. You get away with a lot more. Yeah, like yeah. like I don't know how to say it. Like there's been so many storylines from the White Sox this year that from just comments in media about TLR or Tim Anderson or whoever right. that has been spent both positively and negatively more negatively about TLR, but have now started to change the narrative because the white Sox are 10 games above 500 or leading the division. They're running away with it. And like, you know, people are starting to light, like lighten up on him. Finally, you right. know, that's winning, what happens when you win. Winning cures, winning cures <laughs> yeah. all ills. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It, it really is. And the Mets, they aren't winning. They're like, right. I mean, again, they were four games up in the division, like, and at the end of July, and now they're like seven games back. At least last I checked, was seven games back. It's just like, you, you, you just got, you, you can't make those comments. And and to me, because it's not like because Hobby said stuff like he didn't say like stuff like this because the Cubs fans never booed him, but he would always. There were times where he would make comments in the media about like last year he said something. Uh, not, not last year. I don't know. I feel like he said says things in the media that has made him look like he is this like immaculate baby. No, not even that. Just like immaculate, like athlete. Like I do everything right. I'm real. Like I'm the best at what I am. I'm El Mago. Blah yeah, blah blah. Um, sure, yeah. sure, sure. And as a fan, I guess like I never minded it, especially as a Cubs fan, because he was on the Cubs. And it's like, all right, well, I like having a player with that kind of confidence, but he's never played like he's the best shortstop in the league except 2018. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. like he just I don't know. It's almost like he needs to be humbled because maybe if he gets humbled, he'll start like stop swinging at pitches two feet off the plate. You know, right. I don't know. Like there's just there's just so many things. And, I know, well, I know, I know. Cubs Twitter thinks that I just like despise Javi Baez, and I don't. I just wish that he would just change. Mm -hmm. Like I, because I want him to be a Cub, but I want him to just change as a player because he he thinks that 
2018, like he's still like I genuinely believe he thinks that he is still the 2018 hobby and he just isn't. He's no he just show him like his agent needs to show him the number. If he genuinely thinks that he can get 200 million dollars, he still thinks he's a 2018 hobby bias. Yeah. And he just ain't, brother. Whoever gives him 200 million dollars, that <laughs> franchise is going to be so fucked for 10 years, man. Yeah. Well, and to your point, right? Like I mean, if he was putting 2018 numbers up in 2019 and 2020 and then even into this year, sure. Then we can sit yeah. here and make that argument that he's a two hundred yeah. million dollar player. But I'd be, I'd be mad that the Cubs traded him, right? <laughs> you know like, I mean? but like a, a nearly what almost thirty six percent strikeout rate yeah. is not going to get you two hundred million dollars. Like, it's just it's the nature of the beast. I do have to share this one quick comment though from Dope Redbeard. Math fans were in absolute shambles when Javi scored that game winning run uh, for them when they came back in the game because that shit was funny. But especially because they booed him like only an inning earlier when he came up to the plate. But again, like, I think it just shows like, and you know what the best part of this whole thing is, and not even to like get off topic, but just, it makes me giggle is this whole, like, there's the, like the Yankee fans hate Rizzo narrative. And there's the whole like hobby versus the Mets fan narrative. And KB's just chilling, having a good time in San Francisco. But like, it all comes back and like, it's just everybody posting pictures of Jed with this like shit ass grin on his face. And I'm like, yeah. You know what, you son of a bitch, you might have been onto something. Like, right. you might have. I'm not going to hold you to it yet because it's too soon to tell. Too soon. Because, like, but, yeah. Alexander Canario isn't crushing coconuts with his thighs in the major leagues yet. Like, he's still down in <laughs> South Bend. But, like, yeah, he's there's like, hope right. there, right? Like, right. and I, I think that's what makes all of this interesting, too, is just like, if you Pete know, again. Pro Armstrong's a top five prospect and unfortunately we have to wait a while to see him but yes we are to get, to get a guy of that caliber back for a guy like javi Baez, and seeing what what's going on with him in the mets it's mm-hmm. kind of like the cubs it's gonna i you don't feel good about if, what they did yeah like i don't mm-hmm. think anyone is ever gonna like necessarily win that trade because just because we're not gonna see uh pca for a while but right. If he comes up and it becomes a productive player for the Cubs in three years or whatever, I mean, you're just like, all right, well, it worked out, and you're just happy. Especially, and who knows? Maybe the maybe Javi does come back. I, I I was gonna say, especially if like Javi's back with the Cubs and PCA. By the way, love that you already got an acronym, PCA. Yeah. If PCA debuts with the Cubs and Javi's on the roster, you immediately won the trade because. You got the guy back, right. and you got the prospect out of it. Again, he was right. a top-five prospect in the Mets system, which was right. better ranked than the Cubs was coming into the season. Not by much. It was only, like, one or two places. But, like, he's still a top-five guy when they re-ranked the system. Mm-hmm. And that's a system that includes guys like Ed Howard that was the number four prospect coming into the season. That's a system that includes guys like – I mean, like, a lot of people forget, and this isn't a shot at anybody, but, like – Chase Strumpf and Cole Roeder were top 10 prospects in the system like two years ago. They're now in like the mid twenties. Yeah. Like this. And again, and a lot of that is injury and because Cole Roeder's done for the year, unfortunately friend of the show. We love Cole Roeder. Um, friend, of, you know, he's, he's done with TJ surgery and mm. Chase is, you know, just still a really good ball player. It's just, it just so happens to the point where like the Cubs influx so much minor league talent over the last two seasons. And even in the last three, you know, pretty much ever since Kantrovitz got here, which again, like, I'm super high on the dude. I, I give him a blank check and tell him you're the GM for as long as you want to be here and you put whatever amount of money you down, as long as you stay a cub and make sure this fucking 
machine just keeps going for the next 20 years. But yeah. like all of a sudden you're like, hmm, hmm. Like, okay, there's there's hope there, right? And again, I right. think like I think it's weird as now as a Cubs fan, you see this like third party drama with like Javi and the Mets, and like you just sit there and you go, hmm. Because again, we're not directly involved in it. It doesn't directly affect us. Like, sure, people are taking, like you said, people are taking their sides and people are feeling the way they feel about the situation or whatever. But like, if you want to like, if you kind of want to like compare it to Javi as a Cub, it's like going back to the whole uh, stuff with Amir Garrett. Mm. Um, You know, I was at the game, the very last game of Javi versus Amir Garrett, where he Money. was like sweeping him, it's like sweeping him or whatever, like doing the bridge or whatever, which was awesome. It was fun to watch, whatever. But it was also like after hearing Amir Garrett's comments in the post game, it was also like, according to him, at least he's just kind of like, you know, basically saying Javi went way too far in this entire situation or whatever. I, I think that's essentially what he said. And you can think what you want to think about that. I, I I mean, I still think Amir Garrett's a, you know, a soft ass, you know, ice cream cone, vanilla for sure. But, vanilla. you know, like at the same time, like Javi took like there, you could tell when Javi would come up to face Amir Garrett, it was all about him in that moment. And he didn't care about anything else related to the team. Like there, there were. It felt like that he, yeah. Because like, there were times where it was that personal vendetta. Yeah, he had a personal vendetta with that guy, and he like. There's times where he has done that with, with and not having to do with Amir Garrett. There are times where he does stuff like that, and right, it kind of comes off as selfish, man. And I know it, a lot of it is just Javi being Javi. You know, like they used to say, Manny being Manny, like Manny Ramirez. So you just take what mm. you take and take and choose with everything that he brings you. Manny Ramirez brought you great offense and was a fun player and all that, whatever Javi brings you and great goes, defense, electric and Manny, player on the bases and Manny would have hide in the green monster, but yeah, <laughs> right. That too. <laughs> and Javi, you know, Javi's gave us a lot of great moments, right? Like there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. It's just like, there's, there's a lot of those things where I'm just kind of there where sometimes I was like, even as a Cubs fan, I was like, mm-hmm. Dude, Javi, like, just just play the game, man. Like, some of this stuff is just over, like, over, like, over the top, over, the, over the top. And it to me, it I I was quiet about it because you know if it led to a Cubs win, it's whatever. But in the back of my head, it always sat there. Like he, like, sure. there's just a lot of stuff about him that just like would rub me the wrong way sometimes. And yeah. like in 18, like you didn't see it because he was performing. Like it was like if you perform and you play. Like you're supposed like that you're projected to play, then fine. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, Aaron Rodgers, for example, the dude's a fucking asshole. He literally went on a podium and literally shit on an entire city, which is the day that I became an Aaron Rodgers guy, by the way. <laughs> but like you can't like it's it's hard to like like I like I hate him because I'm a Bears fan, but like how like if you're a Packers fan and he says all that shit, how can you even be mad? Because like he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He produces. He, he, literally, he, he literally he just literally just won produces. the NL. He just literally won the NFL MVP award last year. He can year. literally do what like, he wants. He yeah. can do whatever he wants. Right. And that's like that's my thing with Javi Baez is he walks and talks like he is the best player in the league, but he just isn't. Sure. Well, not, and and I think too, like on top of it with Javi, like the way the way I approach it, I think with Javi is like 
Like, you be you, but, like, don't get caught up in the stupid shit. Because, like, if we're being entirely honest, like, Javi playing the way Javi does, people love it. People love that that El Mago and, you know, the, the no-look tags and the World Baseball Classic. Like, people love that shit. Right. But, again, like you said, like, you don't need to take it to another level with the whole, like, personal vendettas and things. Like, just go out there and play. Like, again – and even if he's not directing that energy at a certain player, and he's just mm-hmm. that energy in general is like kind of, like, you know, like you get that energy off of him. Mm-hmm. People love it. They're good right. with it. And again, like, it, and it's, it's almost that, like he it's that took way that of, in. Go ahead. It's almost like he took that energy that he had with like Amir Garrett or whatever mm-hmm. and threw it at the Mets fans. That's the Mets fans. And that's the thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it really feels like literally it's almost the concept of like, if you channel that energy, it's again, I'm going to steal something from, from Gary Vaynerchuk here. For those that listen to Gary V, you know who, you know who I'm talking about. It's that idea of like, you just block out the haters shorthanding it here, but like you block out the haters and like you channel that energy toward the haters, the Mets fans, Amir Garrett, whomever it is. And just like channel it into that, like fuck you, I'm gonna be great mindset. Javi Bias could be that 2018 player every single year, and and it's not a shot at Javi. It's not at all a shot at Javi, but it's like, uh, dude, you're that talented. Like people see it on a regular basis. There's a reason you are one of the most electrifying players in baseball, is because you do shit that other players just can't. Like the crazy slides, the fucking insane tags the pimp shot home runs the way he does, you know, the fucking golfing a ball out of the fucking dirt and putting it, throwing your bat at a ball and getting it to the fucking outfield. I still remember that game when he like tomahawked his bat at a fucking curveball in the dirt, seven feet out in front of the plate. And he puts it into the outfield for a base hit. I think I was actually at that game. (laughs) I think it was this, it was the second game of the season against Pittsburgh. I was at that fucking game. And again, like that's the Javi Baez that people love because he's just in stupid. Like the shit he does is it defies logic of baseball. Right. But it's just like, dude, if you channel that energy of like hating and the distractions and shit to just like the play on the field and just block out all the noise and put the blinders on. Right. Like what could you be more? Because again, we all love Javi. Like every Chicago baseball fan, I think, loves Javi in their own right. I love Javi Baez. I have a Javi Baez jersey sitting in that closet that you see behind me. It's not up there because he's not on the roster right now, and that's why Ortega's sitting up there. But, like, I'm the guy who's been shitting on him, and I got two of them. Right. I got two. Actually, I got two, too, actually, now that I think about it. But, like, that's the thing with Javi. He's he's such an electrifying player, but it's just, like, again, you get the good with the bad. And I think a lot of people know that, and that's just what it is and whatever. But, again, like, especially being in a third-party situation right now with dealing with the situation and, like, watching from far – a makes it so much easier to deal with because you're just like, hmm, okay. Yeah. But like, again, like you're to your point, like I think Cubs fans still love Javi so much that again, they're going to jump into the conversation because again, that's your boy. Like he helped break the curse. I still remember his NLCS, uh, you know, performance against the Dodgers. I still remember the home run in the NLDS against the giants. Like I still remember the home run in game seven of the world series. Like, Nobody forgets that. I still remember 2018. I still remember Javi being Javi. I still remember the gold glove in 2020. Like, Javi Baez will forever be a guy that the Cubs fans and faith will appreciate, whether he's right. back with the team or not. 
but it's just like, dude, we, we're rooting for you and we want you to be able to be good. Like, don't hurt yourself. And I think that's where the, the whole argument truly like boils down to, at least in my th- eyes. But I have nothing else to say on it. I want to turn it back over to you really quick because I want to let you air your grievances in this. You've had, again, you had a week in California to just feed yeah. on this and just think about things. So I want to let you go ahead and just let it all out so that way we can talk oh. about a guy you mentioned a little bit earlier in the show and a, and a Keegan Thompson who we're going to see in a start tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the floor okay. is yours, Mr. Delmando. Go for it. You know, like I said, man, it, I don't really have too much. It's just I just think Cubs fans, I understand. We're always going to love Rizzo Bryant Baez, but mm-hmm. they, 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 aren't, they aren't perfect. The only one who has been perfect since they left is Chris Bryant, in my personal opinion. He has literally been everything that he was with the Cubs, with the Giants, and now he's on a winning team. Mm-hmm. Like He has done everything that I said he would do. I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. Rizzo you know, got hot for a little bit. And now he's back to whatever. I don't know. He's, you know, he's he's going through some ups and downs. That's what happens when you're an aging player. And then, like we've been talking about with Javi, man, like he's just a guy I'm always gonna, you know, love and and all that stuff. Everything that you said, I just think that that just it, in closing, I just think that everything that happened in that in that press conference could have just been avoided if he just, you know, if someone, if the media had started by asking him the question, if he just would have said something, you know, like it's just a, you know, said it's a thing him and Lindor do to pump each other up or something, then, then fine, whatever. I just, nobody cares. It, it was almost like he took that moment and made everything about himself. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, I know he was talking about the entire team and like the fans booing him, but it's just not the time for something like that when you're losing, man. Yeah. It just if it if that would have if he would have done that and been part of the Cubs, I would have been so mad, and I, 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 I would have been mad in that moment, and it would have taken a while for me to get over it, and I, you know, still would have loved him, but like it's just one of those things where. You just feel like he was being a little selfish there, in my opinion. I know this is an unpopular opinion, and if someone wants to freaking DM me and fucking yell at me and t- call me a stupid Cubs fan, then fine. I don't give a shit. I'll try and have a conversation with you until you decide to start calling me names. But, like, I genuinely just think that the entire situation, there's a lot of faults on both sides. But there are a lot of people on Cubs Twitters just think that Javi just did nothing wrong and that, you know, we're team bias no matter what. And I just – that no. I'm not with this situation. No, I don't like it. So Fair. that's my closing, man. And if you don't no, like I it, love it and kick rocks. No, I love <laughs> it. I, I enjoy that closing. Uh, two thoughts. I want to add on to that closing before we go ahead and preview uh, tomorrow's game. Joey chimed in and said, Sonny Gray caught those New York media hands. And he sure did. Oh, he man. got abused in New York. And uh, unfairly. So I think in his case, but nonetheless, um, also, great players there who got chastised every fucking week, man. A Rod got freaking murdered every week by New York media because he wasn't living up to his giant ass contract, even right. though he's one of the greatest players to ever play. You right. know, yeah, he's A Rod. Like literally, <laughs> Christian Hernandez, Cubs prospect, number three overall prospect in the system, is literally called Baby A Rod because like he has that much talent. So like yeah. that should show something. But nonetheless, also want to make note. I think it's funny. I call. I am going to start referring to the Mets as the New York mess because 
they make a full-blown statement about Javi Baez putting a thumbs down to the fans, but their GM gets caught drunk driving and they don't say dick about it. And I just <laughs> want to make that known. I think it's funny because, again, hypocrites going to be hypocrites. Nonetheless, we'll keep it right there. Uh, and like you said, we'll go ahead and close that thought out. And we'll, we'll go ahead and move on, though, because, again, there's still Cubs baseball to be had. we still got things we can be excited about, and we're going to talk about that here in a second because the Cubs are back at it, and they're back home on Thursday, September 2nd, uh, against the old Pittsburgh Pirates at beautiful Wrigley Field. It's a 7.05 local time start. You know the drill. If you're in the Pittsburgh market, you can listen to the game, KDKA FM 93.7 and AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh if you want to watch it. And, of course, the usual suspects in Chicago, 670 to score WRTO 1200 and Marquee Sports Network. On the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates is right-handed pitcher Mitch Keller. He is 4-10 on the season with a 675 ERA, Wolf with 68 Ks. And, yes, Keegan Thompson taking the mound for the Cubbies tomorrow, the right-hander. Three and three on the year, 309 ERA and 45 Ks for himself. If we're being entirely honest, uh, on both sides, only six total players have seen the opposing pitcher. Four guys have seen Keegan Thompson on the Pirates. Only two guys on the Cubs have actually seen Keller. And believe it or not, uh, Ian Happ is batting 625 and eight appearances against Keller with two home runs and two RBIs. So I'll uh, drop that little tidbit in there with you. But mm-hmm. Cody. What do you think for tomorrow? Little preview, little fly the W player. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I do like to hear those numbers about Ian Happ. He's he's been, been a common. It's it's been a common talk topic. We haven't talked about Ian Happ too much tonight. Um, I get. I he's basically reeled me back in into thinking. All right, we're gonna keep him because. It just makes me mad because it's like he did this in 2019 too, but he also didn't get the chance because he was in AAA the entire time, right? This year he's with the team the entire time, but then starts mm-hmm. to hit in the last month and a half whenever the, the like there's no the season's chance. over, right? And the season's over. It just, it's, he's such a, I just, I don't even know what to say about Ian Hap, but I'll take him as my fly W just because he, he does seem to play well there and in uh, Cincinnati. For some oddly reason. Um, as far as Keegan Thompson, I know I talked about it earlier. He's kind of struggled to start as a starter. Um, I know his very first start, I guess he was he was okay. He, I don't even think he was able to go four innings. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I think it just – I it's, it's tough to go into the cell and face that White Sox lineup, no doubt. He was given a 6 nothing lead, though. That game was tough. Even though I wasn't watching, I was just following on my phone. But eh, I don't know, man. The I just I just need him to bounce back, man. He had a bad outing. Now it's time to bounce back. Like show us what you're made of, man. Like he's been he's great out of the bullpen all season. He's got the stuff. Like let's see what you got. He's going up against a really bad Pirates team. So you know it's very similar to this game where you know Justin Steele was really good, um, and. The naysayers will be like, well, he faced the twins who suck. Well, tomorrow, if Keegan Thompson's good, the naysayers will say, well, it's the fucking Pirates. So, you know, I'll take it, though. I'll take it. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, Hell yeah. Um, you know, I that's I at, at the very least, it's a building block for him because right. for pitcher, for for guys his age, you just you know, confidence is so key, man. So. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, I'll take Ian Happ, and like I said, just you know, I'd like to see Keegan Thompson at least at least give me four. 
I, I, based off pitch count, how they've been doing it, I, I would hope for four innings. Uh, I'd, I, you know, maybe, maybe five. I, I don't know, but I guess, you know, I'm looking for more like looking at the strike and ball total. Want to see how many strikes he's because I think one of the biggest problems he has is he's had a lot of deep counts because mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to finish batters off. So it'd be interesting to see how he does that against this Pirates team. So again, the Cubs are looking to see what they got in him. I at this moment, I think he's a better bullpen arm than he is a starter. Um, so prove me wrong, Keegan. That's all I got. Prove him wrong, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, just to back up the stats that you said, his first start returning was against Kansas City. He went four innings, uh, only gave up two earned runs. He did walk two, only struck out one. I think that was just a classic case of bad luck. You only give up two, you know, you only give up two and you lose. It it, it sucks. But again, like you said, that White Sox start only went two innings, gave up five runs, four of which were earned walked two again and only strike out one. So I agree with you. I think the big key for him is going to be, Hey, can you get those strikeout numbers? Maybe up a little bit. They don't need to be astronomical. Give us, give us a Justin Steele tonight. Start three and three, three and four, maybe like bounce it out a little more. Maybe not as many runs. Maybe he is destined for the bullpen. We'll never, we won't know, but again, he's going to get that opportunity the rest of the year to show what he has. And if he can come out and throw a great game, like you said, who cares it's against Pittsburgh? It's a confidence builder. It's going to help him in his development. If he can go out there and give you five really good innings against the Pittsburgh Pirates tomorrow, that's a huge deal. Again, this is a team that just last night, well, technically, oh, no, not yet. Still last night. We're not midnight yet. So, But just last night, like, pressured the White Sox and, like, kind of beat up on Giolito a little bit. So, like, they're not awful. They're not atrocious. They're bad. But they're not that bad. Like, if Keegan Thompson go out there and give you a good start, like, that's a good thing that you have going for you. Um, And, again, they're back home, so, like, no DH anymore. I don't know if it's going to be Rivas versus Schwindel. That's going to be a hell of a lineup decision for Ross the rest of the year because both guys are hitting. Um, So I'm going to avoid that position. I'm actually going to go Patty Wise uh, as my fly the debut player. I think he ties. I think he ties KB's uh, rookie home run record tomorrow. Uh, with his 26th home run of the season. And then I think uh, before we get to, I'm going to call it right now, before we get to September 11th, because that'll be the first game I'm back at Wrigley, I think Patty Wise breaks the record as well and gets to that number 27 on sex sets the rookie home run record for the Cubs uh, rookies with, with 27. So I'm going to go ahead and take Patrick Wisdom as my fly W player. Ron, did you know that the Cardinals traded uh, Patrick Wisdom because they thought, Matt Carpenter's salsa was going to save their franchise. That's what I heard. I also heard he was traded for a Prius, a washing machine. What were some of the other ones? I've been, I've been keeping tabs. I've been keeping tabs on those. Cause I get a good giggle out of every single one of them. So I'm like, Oh, we got, we got, we got a Prius. We got a washing machine. The equivalent um, of cash consideration. Yeah, the equivalent of cash consideration. <laughs> that poor bastard that gets traded like at least 15 times a year. Uh, let's see. Um, the equivalent of a coupon for Felco Windows. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm, the, I'm running out of I'm running out of like things. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you a couple. We'll, we'll collaborate on this. We'll collaborate uh, on this. But nonetheless, I agree with you, man. I mean, f- he literally was traded for a bag of balls like. I mean, I just, you know, if there's any, I've been wrong about a lot of things this year. Like, you know, in May, I was like, this team fucks. We're going, you know, we're going to the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Like we're major league. 
Like these are major league yeah. vibes, like the movie, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. We were all give me wrong a wild thing it. on the mound. You, right, you right, can right, right. you can literally go back and find the tweets and fucking retweet me and call me a dumbass. Fine. Whatever. I was just being a fan. <laughs> Whatever. But the one thing I have been right about all season is Patrick fucking wisdom, man. I whenever True. he was raking, I was when I researched him, I was like, this guy has never had a chance to play in the major leagues at a consistent level. The Cubs are giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here he is, about to break, break the rookie record, man. He's uh, fucking, I just wish the team was good. Fucking delivering. He's playing great, <laughs> great defense. Yeah, he's playing. He had a great play offense. tonight at third. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, we the check out the Cubs on Tap Twitter account. There's that play uh, of him scooping up that play. You know that little soft dribbler up the third base line to Rivas, who makes a nice stretch for it too, and gets the nice pick. Um, mm-hmm. again, if it doesn't make you feel some type of way, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I enjoy watching yeah, Patrick yeah. wisdom play third base. And I'm telling you what, Cody, I'm telling you what we see the Ortega Jersey. Everybody that watches Cubs on tap religiously when we're live sees the Ortega Jersey behind me when I'm on, there is a very good chance, a very good chance that if there is a Patrick wisdom Jersey on September 11th, when I am at the ballpark, it will be purchased and it will be hanging right next to Rafael Ortega. For the Cubs post game, immediately following that game, so I'm just warning people: there might be a number sixteen like a, jersey up there. I kind of want to go get a Michael Hermosillo one. We Ooh, haven't talked about one. him tonight, but I just love the name, you know. And if he does, oh like, yeah, and I, he's I, a I, local I, kid, I, like yeah, I'm cheering hmm. for him. And if thing, but if things don't work out, and if I have a jersey that says that, man, that's a Hermosillo. Five, you're like, huh? In five years, people will be like. Holy fuck. That's a that's a bingo square. Like if you're playing Jersey bingo at the ballpark, that's a bingo square. That's the last one you need to complete bingo. Like that's that's give me the most uh, obsolete jersey you can possibly find. It's like I saw Michael Hermosillo, and it's like son of a bitch, you win. You win. Everybody will love you forever. It'd be one of those like uh you know, I see the blue check marks, they'll like take they'll like tweet pictures of fans in their jerseys. Sometimes they always tweet ones of like just long tenure or not long tenure, but guys who were Cubs or whatever along like a long time ago. You mean like uh, Mike Fott now? Yeah, or like Kosuke Fukudomi or whatever. Like that Fuk- would be like Michael Hermosillo in like five years if things don't work out. Absolutely. You know what the best part about Fukudome is? Is like his T-shirt actually got me in trouble in middle school. <laughs> I, yeah. I bought I bought a Fukudome t-shirt and Cubs on Tap guys know this story, but maybe the Cubs on Tap crew or listeners, you might have heard if you're a loyal listener, you've heard the story before, but I'll keep it very brief and very short. Long story short, I wore a Fukudome shirt to school, had a gym teacher. She didn't know what the hell who Fukudome was. <laughs> she naturally reads fuck you do me on the back of a jersey, takes me down to the principal's <laughs> office. Thankfully, one of the male gym teachers was down there and goes, that's a player. And she goes, what? And he goes, yeah, that's a player. That's Fukudome. They just signed him. And she just got so embarrassed. And we all laughed it off. But again, just like anytime I hear Kosuke's name, I'm just like, that fucking jersey got me in trouble when I was in seventh yeah. grade. And I was because I was Cubs pumped, legend, like, baby. Cubs legend. You know, he, he had a hot <laughs> first half of the year. We all thought he was the savior. Oh, Kosuke coming over like he's going to get us to the playoffs. And then like all star break mm-hmm. came and went and he fizzled off and he right. became what he became. But uh, always, always all kinds of fun. But Cody, do, do you have any final thoughts before we go ahead and wrap this thing up? 
No, man. We ended up being here an hour and 10 minutes. It felt nice. I know our shows are usually 30, 40 minutes. So if you're sticking around for this long, appreciate you. Thanks for everyone for following along and listening and all that good shit. It's always Absolutely. great. It's very cool and tough, as we like to say here. Cool um, and tough. Yeah, man. No, it's good to be back. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a post-game show tomorrow, but uh, we'll probably have one Friday mm-hmm. or at the very least Saturday or Sunday. So Absolutely. Um, Stay tuned and uh, keep following along. I mean, again, I, I tweeted it out. You know, I'm, 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 I am optimistically hopeful for a 500 month of September. We're one and zero in September, baby. It's a good fucking start. Hey, <laughs> to get to 500, that's a good start. We'll that's start one and zero, baby. And I'm right there with you, man. I mean, honestly, like this, this Cubs team. There's enough guys on this roster that at least can make shit interesting. And it, it, you're sitting here and tell me like especially against a very subpar schedule, this team can't go 500, especially if you get good pitching. Like they've right. seen the last couple, four five, six I underst- games. I understand. Why not? Pick. I understand the draft pick. And maybe, you know, I guess if Kumar rocker gets taken a pick or two before the Cubs in the draft next year, I guess you can go back and call me a dumbass for, for cheering for a 500 record. If it, if it, if that happens, it's just with the MLB draft. It's so like it's hit and miss. It's so it's so much more hit and miss than the NFL or the NBA draft. Like you're yeah, like like there's no like you just there's just no sure thing. And we've I talked will, about it in so many times about right. I was gonna say I was, that the Cubs have taken. I'll go back to yeah. I'll go back to the picks. Right. I'll go back to the 2013 draft. Right. Number one Mark overall Appel. pick, Mark Appel, mm-hmm. baby. Not even yeah. in the major leagues anymore. You know who number two in that draft was? Chris Bryant. Continue right. again. It just because you're a top pick in the draft doesn't mean shit in the major leagues. And, and then, there's guys that are uh the guy that just again uh, whites www.ontasportsnet.com. I do a lot of editing. 18th round pick for the White Sox just got called up today because he's been raking in the minor leagues. Like, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like it right. just if you're a good player. And again, we've seen the Cubs organization find guys, right? Like Schwarber was a fourth overall pick. Ian Happ was like a 14th pick. Like they found guys that have come up and contributed to the major league roster. You don't think they're going to be able to find a guy? Nico Horner was a late first rounder, man. Yes, that's a perfect example. Like, And you could have argued that he, if he had stayed healthy in the first half, you could have argued he was making a play for the all-star game. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he was he was hitting the shit out of the ball and playing good defense. Like, and, yeah. and that's the thing, right? Like, you're you're gonna sit here and tell me. But then the also, Cubs, Al, Albert Almora was like taking number six overall, five or five six, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. He so was a, it's like again, it's it's a fucking crapshoot, people. Right. If the Cubs are picking six versus eight, who the fuck cares? As long as they put the scouting in to get the guy that they want, I don't care where they're picking. It doesn't fucking matter. My my biggest thing with the entire situation is like if you purposely lose or if you literally are trying to lose, it ruins any kind of culture that you've already built. And I know Rizzo mm-hmm. Bryant buys aren't there, but you can see the Cubs are going out there and trying to win every game every night. Like they, they, they don't go. Um, of course, there, there have been some bad ones. No doubt. There is no doubt been some bad ones, but. Considering the roster, all things considered, with the roster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know they've gone out there and battled every fucking night. And yeah, they give I you competitive effort. Want, I don't want that to end. I I want Great. 
I want this team to keep that winning mentality that they've had the last seven years, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Don't By lose the, the time culture. That pick comes, Don't it's going to be culture. July next year and no one's going to really yeah. give two fucks right. about how the Cubs finished in September. Don't lose the culture. The culture is not worth losing over the sixth pick versus the eighth pick. Nobody gives a fuck. There like, will be a tweet in July of next year where there someone's will. bitching about how, oh, the Cubs tried too hard in September. I'm going to roll my eyes. I'm going to let everyone know now. I will roll my eyes super hard when that happens. And when I see uh, it, I'll probably quote tweet it, it and tell them to fuck off. I won't really do that. But I will say I will say something. I will be like just – Especially if the Cubs are good in July. You will you will remind <laughs> everybody that Patrick Wisdom was traded for a Prius. <laughs> for a Prius. A used and one. A used Prius. <laughs> <laughs> and a used one at that, damn it. A used Absolutely. one that's driven by uh, someone who's vegan. I don't know. Hysterical. <laughs> I absolutely love it, dude. It's nothing it's against fantastic. the vegan people, but no. Like, come on, man. We're all about just, we're all about our meats here at all that. Just silly. Yeah. yeah. You know, talk to the bears on tap, guys. I'll tell you, put your meat on the table. But no, nonetheless, man, I do want to remind everybody, Cody, before we get out of here, Cubs on tap, the official Cubs podcast of the Ontas Sports Network. Check us out, ww.ontasportsnet.com at ontasportsnet on social media. Follow us at Cubs on Tap. Well, we're not at Cubs on Tap. We are at Cubbies on Tap, C-U-B-B-I-E-S. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Loose on Tap. Cody's at Cody on Tap. Follow all of our other great panelists at Juice on Tap, at Joe Maris, at Marty Laval, at The Riot 326, and all the others that contribute here to Cubs. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, we got it all. And yes, Cubs fans, all of us know Sox fans that are friends of ours. The Sox on Tap crew does a great job covering the Southsiders as well. So once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com, at ontapsportsnet on social media, the Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Cody, it's always a pleasure, my man. I'm glad you're back. Glad you enjoyed your trip to California. We enjoyed ourselves tonight. It's a nice long episode for everybody uh, as you wake up on Thursday morning. Let us get you ready for the weekend. You know, Thursday is kind of the unofficial start of the weekend. Let us get you started for the weekend. Cubbies win. They take the series against the Twins. We're going to go see the lowly Pirates back at Wrigley starting tomorrow night. And I'm excited for it because Keegan's getting the start. We'll see some Patty-wise. We'll see some Swindell. Hopefully we see more Rivas. Hap stays hot. Who knows? A lot of shit to keep an eye on with the Cubs through the rest of September. And again, Cody and I both rooting for a 500 September out of this Cubs team to at least just reinforce that winning culture heading into the offseason. So, Cody, what do you say, my man? We get out of here the only way to how to. Let's go, Cubs. Let's go, Cubbies.